Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Deeds, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Hey, um, it's been, for me personally, been really good. Uh, but there's been, you know, our, our community was rocked uh, this past week. Uh, a friend of mine lost their son in a, in a tragedy and it's it's affected you know it's had an effect it's it's sucked um trying to focus and stay positive on things me personally i had a good week i grieve for my friend i'm heartbroken for my friend um, and i'm going to put a link to a gofundme that can help out to her family or funeral expenses uh, at the bottom uh, in the notes uh, because he was just a year older than my own daughter. You know, 16 is horrible. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we've been doing our best to try to raise money for funeral expenses. And it's, it's been rough. Um, the positive side of things, uh, I got a PS5. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I got an invite, and again, remember back in March, I got an invite for a direct sales event for PlayStation uh, to get a PS5 console. And I went in. I was in queue for two and a half to three minutes, and then as soon as I got in, everything was sold out, and I was pissed. Well, uh, Monday night of last week, when I got back from my swimming excursion, um, I got an email. And it's like, congratulations, you've been selected to be invited to a direct sales event where you can purchase a PS5 console. So I was like, oh, this, this again. Let's hope I have better luck this time. And the next day, I got in, I got in queue. I was in queue for about seven or eight minutes. And I was like, well, okay, this is a little worrisome. Uh, but maybe they'll have one console per user like they're supposed to have and sure enough i was able to secure one so i picked that up and the new major league baseball the show 22 game uh, because i love that baseball series been playing it for like 12 years now um yeah we had like a funny moment with that too because uh when you told me and our friends that you got it and what you got with it um I was fairly confident that you could play that game crossplay, which surprised and, me because I wasn't aware of that because it's always been a Sony console exclusive. I didn't yeah, know that. They pretty funny. I didn't know they had made it cross-platform this year. Yeah, uh, which is awesome because Greg can play it on Xbox Game Pass, and Greg and I were actually able to play a couple of games against each other this weekend, and it was so fucking cool. Yeah, it was fun. I won, um, but you know, it wasn't murdering or anything. Uh, well, I had a I had a, s- a sizable lead in the first like in the second game. You had a in the first five or six innings, you were up on me by like six fucking runs. It was like six to no, it was six three, and then I was like, I got enough of this shit. I'm not fucking around anymore. And the next thing you know, you were down ten six. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I got I got wiped pretty quick. 
I did get a Grand Slam, so that was pretty cool. You did. You did. Which came with an achievement, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So that was nice. I don't know if I've got that achievement yet or not. I've gotten, well, out of the 26 available trophies, because it's trophies on PlayStation achievement right. box. Out of the 26 available trophies, I've gotten 11 of them already. It's the same, uh, they're the same ones. Uh, yeah, they're the same ones. They're just rated different on what you get. You get points versus me getting a bronze, silver, or gold trophy. Uh, yeah. Platinum when you finish it. It's it's all for just, it's it's dick size, like, argument is all it's for. Like, I've always said that for years. Like, there was an old comic that was, uh, it was people arguing over, like, which system. And uh, depending on how big their their dick hat was, oh, yeah, and the dick hat was an was an allegory for, uh, um, the points you get and how many trophies or whatever. So okay, okay. So they're pointless for the most part, but they just add longevity to a game. So. Yeah, they absolutely do, especially if you're like me and you want to go for those things. Exactly, yeah. Uh, depending on the game itself, you know, some games I don't care about getting all the trophies for. Some I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely going to platinum this. Uh, and those are the ones that have the more replay value to me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this one, this one, you know, is, like I said, it's a, it's a deep, deep franchise. I mean, there's a lot you can do in that game. And something I've been playing for over a decade and absolutely so I'll be playing the shit out of this for a while. But uh, let's see, anything else interesting happened this past week uh, on the positive side of things? Other than that, everything's just been good. I've been playing a lot of the game. Uh, of course, yeah, watch the things that we had to watch for the show. Yeah, every time you log in, you see me logged in playing it. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, uh, Andy and I yesterday played a new game that came to Game Pass called Space Lines in the Far Out, and which is a really strange title for what is basically, hey, you are on a space cruise, like airline cruiser. So you, you basically, you run an airline, but it's in space. And okay. you have you have to steer the ship look at the radar to find where debris and asteroids and shit like that are, whatever's trying to attack or hurt your ship. You have a gravitational uh, uh, thing that keeps everyone on the ground. Yeah. You have a, you have a energy system, which looks like Duracell batteries, which is, I thought was funny. You have a bathroom, a medical bay, a phone, um, and, and a cooker to make people food. You also have to entertain the people. So you could have a TV in there if you want, but if you don't have a TV, your best way is to dance next to them and make them happy. Your job is to get customers to, from point A to point B without ruining the ship, so that's without hitting anything, and uh, uh, making sure that the customers are happy. If they're not happy... Minimal damage hurt. and maximum happiness. Yeah. It's it's hilarious, but it can go up to four players. But it was just Andy and I yesterday, and him and I were, were playing it. It's also a roguelike. So mm. if your ship gets destroyed, you start from scratch. Yeah. Um, however, there are there are upgrades that can be permanent. Most of those are cosmetic, but you also want to bank your money. You don't always just want to buy upgrades. You want to keep money put in the bank because 
when your ship gets destroyed and you go back to the the main the home base if you will your money will be in the bank then you can afford a better ship or if you upgrade to a better ship yeah however andy and i are so good at the game we beat it <laughs> we beat it in like three hours yeah well we were supposed to but but uh yeah it was pretty funny that's awesome uh but so yeah i yeah, I, I was just going to say, you know, what what else was going on with your week? How was how was the rest of your week? It was mostly it was mostly dull. Uh, the first half of the week was just like I was stuck at home because our, the brakes on the car were so bad that actually one brake was really bad um, to the point that I just couldn't drive it. It was dangerous. Like, um, but it was funny because I also had to drive to my brother's house. He was um, so my nephew graduated this week. I think Thursday, and uh, yeah, I think it was we got, Thursday. Yeah, they they streamed it live, so we got to watch that, which was great. Um, but my brother and his wife um, actually flew down to um, or flew over to uh, Missouri to 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 be there for it, um, which was good. I'm glad they could make it. There's no way in hell we could, so there's that. But. Uh, during that time, he asked me to take care of his rabbit three of the six days that they were gone. Uh, that rabbit lives in the fucking lap of luxury, dude. Uh, like they have, he has food pellets, he has fresh hay, he has a a a bedding that's made of both like hay and cotton, and then he has his litter box, which has three different types of litter in it, so that way he you know feels right. Then on this on on the mantle. He has two water bowls and two smaller bowls full of a salad mixture that he likes. That's all for one rabbit. Okay. Not to mention a, a, an entire, like he has free roam of the house. He can go wherever the fuck he wants. And then there's like a, a Oh, so he's not, he's not kept in like a hutch or anything when they're out of town. He's actually just can go wherever. Yep. And he shits he in a box. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, he's he's not only a very smart rabbit, but he's a rabbit that's a fucking prince. Um, but they live three uh, thirty minutes away, so it was like Wednesday, wake up, take dad to his clinic, to the dialysis clinic, and then drive all the way to my brother's house, take care of the rabbit, drive home, wait for my dad to contact me, and then pick him up. Um, but that was on uh, that was that was Wednesdays. It was Wednesday, uh, yeah, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Um. So yeah, Thursday and uh, Saturday, I didn't really do much. Um, but we were planning on going over to my mom's friend's house because her husband, uh, he has all the equipment to fix tires and brakes and shit like that at his house. Um, so we went over there Sunday and this dude like, not only took, took like put the new brakes on, uh, he did it in less than an hour. Yeah, he has yeah a, it doesn't take long to do if you have the proper equipment. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, he had uh, he had the hydraulic um, like Lift. nut remover thing. Oh, yeah. So he was like, and then took the tire off, and then did what needed to be done. It was it was really fucking quick, and I learned quite a bit. Not enough to do it on my own, still, I think, but I learned how like the process, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Process of putting the pads on, turning the rotors. You actually had to change one of the rotors, didn't you? Or did you just go ahead and change both? We changed both. Change. Both. It's better to have. It's better, better to have, to have fresh. Yeah. 
you know, um, you know well, when I was younger and dumber and didn't know anything about keeping up with your brakes, I actually ground the fucking rotor almost all the way through the pad through the rotor, like the you know the yikes. silver the yeah. silver spokes that connect it. I ground yeah. it down to the spokes. That's impressive. It's a miracle I'm alive. Uh huh. Yeah, because the on Sunday when I was coming back from my brother's house after taking care of his rabbit on Sunday before we went to my mom's friend's house, um, we uh, I could feel like the brakes not working well at all. Like they're not slipping per se, but definitely like I'd have to brake way the fuck earlier than I normally would. So, mm-hmm. um, but then when we got the new brakes on. I've been driving on those shit brakes for so long that they're sensitive as fuck. Man. <laughs> So I was just like, oh, okay, well, that's a thing. Uh, but uh, no, it's, on, uh, on my brakes, when they were so bad, I would actually have to come to a complete stop with my emergency brake. That's how bad they were. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Not amazing. It's funny. It's, it's, I was a stupid fucking young punk. I mean, we all were in different ways, but. Uh, but, no, that was nice because afterwards we, we went into the backyard and I had a few uh, – few beers and uh smoke some weed and we they cooked uh, they barbecued some chicken while we watched the uh mtv mo- movie and tv awards and made fun of it so that was nice that's still a thing i don't know why they put it on that I, it was definitely good background noise because it wasn't very loud and we kept like looking up at the tv occasionally making fun of it and making fun of celebrities so that's always a good time kept the conversation going yeah yeah uh but uh Will Smith sucked no. the shit out of anybody. I don't think he was invited. <laughs> I was going to say, was he even invited? Uh, I mean, the the problem is, is that it's MTV, so there's a lot of very young celebrities that are on a lot of these reality shows or dramas that I just don't fucking watch. So most of us were just like, we have no fucking clue who these people are, but the audience is losing their minds. I was like, mm, must be on something I don't watch. Um, Real but no, that was a lot of fun. Before. What's that? The real world season 94. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was a good time. But then uh, uh, Monday when I went to work, I had discovered a small problem. So the air conditioner doesn't work on the car. Uh, the guy that fixed our brakes, he had a device to check the, 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 the air conditioner. Yeah, a computer you can plug in. And the entire compression system. Yeah, so yeah. He, said, he said the entire compression system does not work it's straight up broken and that we'd have to have like take it to a mechanic have it lift the whole cart lifted in the air and then like take care of it underneath like that's the process we're gonna have to go to fix that so unfortunately during the summertime i'm gonna have to drive at night or early in the morning when it's not so hot i don't feel like having heat stroke so i'd rather be that way um it'll be so hot you know Things that are supposed to be kept cold will not be kept as cold as they could be. That too. That's that's a major issue. Yeah. Customers off. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, so bring me a milkshake. Oh fuck! I didn't want milk. I wanted a milkshake. <laughs> so, I uh, but I had noticed when I went to work Monday night that like when I normally started up, whatever time it gives me a huge list. It's like. All right, so you want to start at 7, so you can go to 7.30, 8, 9, 9.30, so on and so forth, all the way to, like, fucking, it's endless. Because it's like, you can work as long as you want. I think it actually stops at eight hours, but that's whatever. Um, 
And uh, this time, all I saw was to nine o'clock. That's fucking weird. Why does it say to nine o'clock? Oh, it must be a glitch. This app glitches all the fucking time. Didn't think anything of it. Just started up the app, worked until like at nine. It was like, do you want to extend your dash? I was like, yeah, sure. So I worked until about 930. Uh, I was still really sore and tired from Monday or Sunday because I actually did quite. A, I helped him quite a bit. Like I moved the tire around and grabbed things for him and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. which is more than I normally do as it is, but I was really sore. So I was like, fuck it. That's fine. Whatever. So then Tuesday morning I wake up, I have coffee. I go out. It's been like 30 minutes. I look at the app. It's all great. And it says, you can't work right now. There's nothing available. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? And it says schedule. And I'm like, what the fuck? I thought I was a top dasher. So I'm looking at the score and I'm like, all oh, my scores correct. What the fuck is going on? So I go to a different part of the, like, I, I go to Google and I'm like, requirements for Top Dasher. And it says all the requirements. And it says the part that stuck out was 100 orders. And I was like, I should have done 100 orders. I go into my earnings where it show me how many dashes I've done. I did exactly 97 for the month of May. Because the end of May, I wasn't able to work because it was fucking breaks. Fucking three deliveries, man. Three. You you would think, you would think that you could contact them and explain the situation. Maybe they would make an exception in your case. I would try it. I would. I would try it anyway. I need to actually. Worst they can say is no. What I need to do is contact them about me doing alcohol deliveries because I used to do them all the time and suddenly I'm not. And I know they still do them. I talked to a dasher in in a Jamba Juice one time. He was like, "Yeah, I still I still take alcohol deliveries." I'm like, "Why the fuck am I not?" So I need to figure that out because that's money right there. That's straight up like people tip on those. Um, but the other thing is I want to change the email because it's currently still under my dad's name, but I need it under mine. Yeah. For tax reasons and shit or just like I don't need him seeing every little fucking thing I do on the app anyway. The other day he calls me and he's like, everything okay? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, because uh, it said there was a problem with the app. And I'm like, yeah, a problem I fixed. But, um, so yeah, now I can't dash whenever I want. I have to schedule it ahead of time. I was telling Maya before we recorded that schedule like five days in advance for when I'm going to work. But, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. I'm still able to work. I'm still able to do things. And working at night is actually cooler. So what are you going to do? Usually busier too. This isn't as big. I was like, this isn't as big of a problem as like the brakes fucking up or the air conditioner not working. This is a very solvable problem. I just have to sacrifice my time differently. That's it. Yeah. So, and it won't be forever. It's just for this month. And I've done this before. This happened a long time ago with my dad and I. So as long as I keep my numbers up, we're good to go. But uh, so before we get into what we're reviewing today, um, I have a few things I want to bring up. Uh, first and foremost, I stated this a uh, uh, a while back we're not done talking about shootings there have been four mass shootings since the last time we talked about mass shootings there have been 15 mass shootings since rob elementary um until legislation is is passed on gun reform we're not done we're just not done people keep dying people keep getting injured 
you can't go and do anything in America without the fear of somebody doing that. Like people go, oh, well, I'm safe at the store. Nope. Look what happened in Buffalo. Well, I'm safe at church. The fuck you are. There's no place where you're safe because of these fucking psychopaths. And until they are not able to get the guns that they need to do this. Like people go, oh, what about the shooting in, in, in Paris? I don't know, it was like eight years ago or some shit. It was a terrorist attack, if you remember that. Well, how did he get his guns illegally? Well, what's stopping someone from getting their guns illegally in the States? True. You're absolutely correct. No one's arguing that. What we're arguing is that the people who have done mass shootings, uh, for the most part, I would say a solid 90% of the mass shootings in this country got their guns legally. They waited the proper steps in order to get them. And before you go, well, how do gun laws stop people? That motherfucker was 18. He waited until he was 18. He saved money for two years working at Wendy's to buy those guns when he turned 18. And then have them two days. Mm -hmm. So before you come at me with gun laws, don't stop mass shootings. Think about that. Put that in the context and then also shut your fucking mouth. So, all right, I'm done. We're going to move on. Try to be happy uh, to, to change the, the mood. Cause that brings a fucking staleness, but it needs a staleness that needs to be fucking addressed every day. Um, this month is pride month as my, as we didn't bring up last week. And Maya briefly mentioned at the end of the podcast, uh, it's Pride Month. Um, and uh, I have a fun story uh, for Pride Month. Uh, there is a Marine who very politely fucks with people on Facebook. Um, what he has posted, oh my God, this fucking app. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Okay, hang give me give me just a second here. I have the video downloaded. Uh, I'm not gonna play the whole video. I'm just gonna skip to the parts I want to skip to. Oh, apparently I don't have the video downloaded. Anyway, what he does, <laughs> fuck it, <laughs> is uh people get very angry with him uh because he'll post things that are um oh here I found it. So it's the uh, United States Marine Corps, Paris Island, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And um, what he posted was, uh, during the month of June, the Marine Corps takes pride in recognizing and honoring the contrib contributions of our LBGTQ service members. We remain committed to fostering the environment free from discrimination and defend the values uh, of treating all equally with dignity and respect. And this is the image that gets posted. It's... Oh, the movie. proud rainbow on the bullets on the fucking yeah. underground helmet. So, uh, you have someone spouting some fucking disrespectful shit. Uh, I won't read the whole thing because it's like it's fucking massive. It's just like the whole screen. Um, so his response is, here's military's oath of entitlement. Or sorry, enlistment. How does someone's sexuality prevent them fulfilling their oath? It says, I, insert name, do solemnly swear that I, and then he does the whole thing, right? And he just ends it with, respectfully, Chief Warrant Bob, Officer Bobby War, uh, Yarborough, Communication Strategy and Operations. 
and if you go to that thread on Facebook, you can see so many people um, just being fucking bigoted, gross, and disgusting in his response every single time. This person just says, my Marine Corps has gone woke. God help us. And his response is, if by woke you mean showing appreciation to a group who has made major contributions to the U.S. military, then yes. Have a meritorious day. Fuck, That's the thing. That's the thing. You know, people need to think the military is not just there to cater to the whims of straight white people. Yeah, exactly. And there are more than just straight white people in the military. I've known people who have gone into the military who were who were gay. And Absolutely. Guess what? They still are years after being out. Um, you know, so and they have nothing but positive experiences to talk about about their service. You know, I I don't understand the hate and the derision and the ridicule that comes. And I've been fortunate to where I've experienced very little discrimination. In fact, only one time so far. Um, and it was me asking a person if, you know, they would cater to me. Uh, they're not a caterer, but if they would cater their services to me as a transgender woman. And they said, no. Um, not really comfortable with that. I don't believe in that. But here's somebody who should be contact them. Which is a polite way of saying fuck you. Uh, no big deal. Yeah. But one thing, it being Pride Month, our county that I live in, the tiny little county of 14,000, around 14,000 people in the state, that bumps up the side of fucking Kentucky and is, you know, like less than an hour away from West Virginia, North Carolina, and Tennessee. We're holding our first ever Pride event next weekend on the 18th. I don't know what to expect, but I'm going. Several of my friends are going because it's open for members of the LGBTQ community and allies. So, you know, I mean, it's like a cookout and there's going to be speakers there and people, you know, panels and shit like that. I don't know what all's going on, but going to go. Um, you know, check it out see what it's about. Uh, did you get my joke slash thing that should actually happen the other day in regards to you going to that barbecue? Mm, no. I said there should be a group of people who have... Um, uh, camo, like regular camo, vest, guns, and uh, but they all have like the pride flag on their on their vest, and they're the pride boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember that now. Sorry, y'all. That's funny. Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, it's so, yeah. It's um, going to be at a, a national park. Um, uh, yeah. Not a national park, but an interstate park. It's it's still, you know, it's state. It's park. It's nice. I have to send That's you good. a link to the website to show you. 
check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so I think, you know, every show until the end of June, we'll have a, I'll have a new story, a new positive Pride Month story. So, um, but uh, yeah, the other thing I got going on this upcoming week is the fucking, all the video game stuff. So E3 is, is not happening. But yeah, all the, yeah, so all the, but all the companies still want to do their own thing. So like June 9th has the Summer Game Fest and Devolver Direct, which we always love the Devolver Direct around here oh, at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Fuck. Fuck. 3 p.m. They, tomorrow they, Eastern or 6 Eastern? 6 Eastern. Okay, I'll be home. Whew. I got laser, <laughs> I got, I got laser hair removal tomorrow at 2. Yeah, like, yeah, that's late in the day. Um, the Summer Game Fest one starts at 2 for you, but I don't think you give two shits about that. I'll send you links to trailers for games I think you'll care about. Okay. Uh, and then on the 10th is the IGN Expo and Netflix Geeked Games. I don't know how long their thing is going to be, but... Uh, and then on June 11th is the Guerrilla Collective, uh, 8 a.m., which is a bunch of indie games. Wholesome Games Direct, which is a bunch of wholesome-style games that are indie and then Future Game Show, which is a bunch of indie games as well. Um, so that's basically the 11th is all indie games. And then uh, the 12th, Xbox has a second showcase. Oh, no, that's no, that's their big showcases on the 12th. My bad. They have, like, two, but I didn't care about the second one. But, yeah, on the 12th is their, like, massive, here's everything we have coming out exclusive to our systems. Um, and then June 13th is the Capcom showcase at 3 p.m. So okay. E3 still alive and kicking, just not as E3, and just not as, as they're doing their own thing as they would have done it at E3, right? Uh, but the last thing I want to get to before we review our stuff, because Jesus Christ, we have a lot to review. Uh, something happened this past week that was really fucking funny. Um, or this weekend, so Morbius came out in theaters two two and a half months ago, give or take. It was April 1st. It was April 1st. Okay, so two months ago. And about, like, and it wasn't, it it, it had remained in theaters for almost the entirety of May, uh, but it left at the end of May. And uh, people started up a meme that was, uh, like, joking about how the film's never going to get a sequel. And they kept calling it, uh, like, it was, it was, it was Morbius 2, it's Morbin time. That was the joke. So a lot of people were just saying, like, it's Morbin time whenever they would go into a chat and everyone kind of got the joke. It was, it, it was, it was solid for a little bit, but it hit its apex when Jared Leto made a video of him reading a script for Morbius two. It's Morbin time. And everyone's kind of like, okay, the joke's dead. That's how memes work when it gets to the, you know, when it gets too popular, it dies. Well, anything Jared Leto touches dies too. So. That's there is that. Yes. Um, somebody at Sony said, Oh, Oh, people want Morbius back in theaters. That's what this is. So they released Morbius to 2,000 theaters this last weekend to the tune of $300,000. I thought it was only $85,000. That was day one. Oh, day one. Yeah, the whole weekend was 300000 which is funny because if you do the math on that, that's about 15 people per theater. Absolutely hilarious. This movie is bombs twice. It bombed fucking twice. The movie's so bad, you wanted to see it suck fucking ass two times. I'm so proud of the internet in this situation. So good. 
but yeah, that's what that's that's the joke that I kind of made to you. So since it was re-released in theaters, does that fucking like reset the time you have to wait to catch it on streaming services? Because I hope the answer to that is yes. <laughs> no idea, but I, I would imagine it will be. God, it's so funny. Fucking shut up, Jared Leto. Anyway, we have four things to review today, everybody. Good gravy. So we're reviewing... We're 30 minutes in. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a two-hour podcast, y'all. Uh, so we have Obi-Wan Kenobi episode four, uh, Miss Marvel episode one, The Boys season three episodes one, two, and three, and the latest South Park special, The Streaming Wars. Um, so yeah, it's quite a bit. Um, let's skip the like detailing at, at the episodes. Let's just kind of give our thoughts and try to like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, So we're going to start with The Boys, Season 3, Episode 1, 2, and 3. Um, yeah, we'll go from that. All right, so. The opening 10, 15 minutes of Episode 1 has so many people, uh, Misty included, just jaw on the floor and they say, what the fuck did I just watch? Um, what was funny was before the, the thing you're talking about, I, I saw him shrink. Didn't get a name yet. Like I, I heard his name was Termite later, and I was like, okay. Um, but we were, I was like, oh, it's the Ant Man parody, and I was like, or the Adam, depending on you know which one you want to fucking go with there. Yeah, uh, it literally could have been both. I don't think it mattered. Yeah. Uh, but this superhero had the ability to shrink like Ant Man or the Adam, and uh, well, he's into debauchery. And he was doing coke in a bedroom with a guy. And the guy said, I want you inside me. And I thought, oh, they're just going to have gay sex. Or anal sex. No, the dude puts his dick on the table. The termite fucking shrinks down to very tiny size. Enough to fit into the pee hole of the guy's dick. Saying, I'm going to make is, you feel amazing. Which is really blown up on the screen. Just boom. Right. Huge. Um... And uh, he crawls inside. But the coke he was doing. Just tickling his little insides there. Uh, But the coke that he was doing makes him sneeze and grow to regular size inside the guy. Inside the guy. It was was gory and hilarious at the same time. Oh, so fucking funny. But it sets up it sets up kind of where we go with season three when it comes to the boys exclusively. Um, they are, Butcher's not happy because a lot of what they're doing is small potatoes in his opinion. Um, because the, the, the government agency that Huey works for, um, is like, they're trying to keep a status quo. Whereas Butcher just wants to fucking eliminate soups in general. Uh, and... What makes that fascinating is it sets up the, reg- the, the, the the latter half of the episode when Huey comes to terms with that um, working for that or like he, he discovers that what's her name? Oh, uh, the woman he works with. Oh, Newman. Newman. Uh, yeah. What's, what's her first name? Uh, Victoria. 
Victoria Newman, I believe. Yeah, Victoria sounds right, but anyway, it turns out she's the one that was popping heads in season two. And like you find that out at the end of season two. But um mm-hmm. uh somebody shows up and is trying to contact her, calling her uh Nadia. And um they have a confrontation in an alleyway that Huey kind of follows her and he's hiding behind a dumpster while she like uses her powers and kills the guy. Um and uh Apparently, it only erupts whatever she's actually looking at, so she can only see, like, the first thing she sees is the dude's hand, so it holds his hand up. Then the next yeah. thing she can see is his jaw, so it just removes the lower part of his jaw. And he's still alive, and he's trying to talk, and you see his tongue flipping around, and just blood and gore dripping. It is so cool. Yeah. Um, one of the other things they find out about Nadia is that she's been working with... Um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. The uh, oh, uh, the owner of Vaughn. Uh, yeah, Stan. The, Stan. Stan. Thank you. But she's been working with Stan for years, um, and everything that the boys and Huey have been doing was an attempt to just keep them busy, so that way Stan and and Vaughn can do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, and at one point, um, Maeve, she wants to destroy the seven. Essentially she wants, she wants to dismantle it, but she mainly wants to kill Homelander who, if you remember at the end of season two, uh, he had everything taken away from him, everything. And he was put on a leash because he didn't want his public image to be ruined. Uh, you see him go through this descent into madness. He is losing grip on reality. And there's nothing worse, nothing more terrifying than a man who is losing grip on reality also having godlike powers. Yeah. Absolutely fucking terrifying. But like when... Uh... When Starlight threatens, Starlight's made co-captain of the Seven because her her numbers in the public eye are through the fucking roof. So she's yeah. made co-captain of the Seven. So, which means she has equal decision-making ability and authority as Holy. And she tells him that he's going to fall in line, et cetera, et cetera, or she's going to release the video of him abandoning the passengers in the airliner in season one and letting everybody die. Yeah. And he's like, do it. Do it. Release it. I don't care. I've lost, I will have lost everything at that point. And do you know what I'll do? I'll burn it all to the ground. And I'll start with, you know, what do you say, the Pentagon? he take he take out the centers, the, the, the nerve centers. Take out the nerve centers of everything. I take out the infrastructure. I take out the internet. I take out, you know, the phone, cell phone towers. Uh, you know, I'll take out all of that infrastructure. Then what do you want to do? You want to be able to call for help? <laughs> well, he says he says, and then and uh, like the thing that made me the most scared because I was like, that's terrifying. He was like, and then just for fun, I think I'll just destroy New York, just so I can. Yeah, I was like. No, please. And you got to think, remember, essentially, this guy has the same powers as Superman, essentially. Stronger than Superman. 
um, it, Garth Ennis had written like a while back in some like interview that um, he uh, he always wrote uh, uh, him to be more powerful than Superman. Like he's supposed to be an amalgamation of of like in the public image of Superman and uh, Captain America. Yeah. So he always wanted him to be stronger than Superman, and and um, because he wanted him to be more terrifying. Ooh, mission accomplished. Because uh, he has no weakness. That's the other thing about Homelander. Yeah. Yeah. Superman had kryptonite. Yep. Homelander doesn't have a no weakness. Yep. I mean, he he has mental issues, which could be seen as a weakness, but yeah. So, one of the things that we learned in the first episode is that Maeve is Butcher's secret contact, who's feeding him Which is awesome, yeah. on these suits. One of the things that she gives him is a, a an experimental, a handful of experimental uh, compound V, which is called V24, which yeah. essentially gives anybody the ability that takes a dose of it superpowers for 24 hours. And it seems like it's the same kind of superpowers that Homelander has. So far, we didn't get to see them use. We we got to see them in use for an episode. Because that was like something that I was really excited about because the the comic has a a pill that's just called, it's just called V in the the comic. There is no like, like it is, they, they are genetically mutating babies in order to create their superheroes. Like that's hundred percent in the comic for Vought. But um, early on in the comic, they have these pills that give you superpowers for like an hour, two hours or something like that. And, uh, and it's immediate. And the first time that Huey takes one, he punches literally through the head of another soup on accident. Cause he didn't know how strong he was. Um, and so I'd always wondered if they were going to bring in the temporary superpower thing for the boys. And the way that they brought it in, I thought was really clever. Because it's not just like, oh, they randomly have these pills, like the comic yeah. does. It's 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 explained through that Vought is trying to sell superpowers to the military. And I was like, that's fucking clever as hell. So. Yeah, to create basically superhero soldiers that you can still keep in line because it's temporary. So, yep. Um, but uh, yeah, when Butcher takes it though, because there was a there was an excellent fucking parody of uh, essentially the NRA. Because uh, but, uh, 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 Butcher finds out that um, Soldier Boy is tied to all of this. Soldier Boy is a literal parody of Captain America. Um. But the first superhero is what they call him. I didn't catch that. That's amazing. Yeah, they did. Um, they called him the first superhero. That's amazing. No, that's fu- that's funny. That's genuinely fucking funny. Um, but uh, Soldier Boy is also like his his mentality is very much like he's a he's a nationalist. Arguably, might be a white nationalist. We have not gotten to that point in the show yet, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past it. Considering Gunpowder, his sidekick, now an older man, is very much a white nationalist. Speaking of Gunpowder, played by Powder, that was Sean Patrick Flannery. Wait, that's the same guy who played Powder. Yeah, 
<laughs> Did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Looks That's totally cool. different with that pedo stash. Oh, dude. I mean, because he looks exactly like every fucking, uh, uh, like, gun nut. Right wing gun nut in this country, like they nailed that. I was like, "Oh, that's fuck, that's hilarious." Um, but in a world of superheroes, he he doesn't like he has a superpower, but it's not a great superpower. It's just like he can aim really well. He's like if if Hawkeye or Bullseye used guns, which I think Hawkeye ha- or Bullseye has used guns, but yeah, uh, and. Like he can aim at like, like the scene in the parking garage where he's tracking down Butcher. Yeah. And Butcher takes the V twenty four. Um, Butcher's hiding from him, and he fucking fires through a car window, and the bullet ricochets off of a fucking support column, and then off something else, and then grazes Butcher's cheek. You know, he does that to demonstrate how good his aim is. And Butcher knew, he's like, okay, this fucker could kill me in the next shot. He's fucking with me. So Butcher, you know, activates all the car alarms in the area because the guy's got really good hearing and he's locating him by sound. Yeah. Um, it was really fucking cool. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed, like, them utilizing that angle of a, of a soup. Yeah. But the other thing about him is that he's 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 no longer really that famous. Like he goes to NRA conventions and that seems about bad. He's not active as a superhero, which that's another thing this show is starting to do really well is showcase that these superheroes don't really do superheroics. They do it for it's it's all it's all publicity. It's all like the the show literally starts off with the <laughs> with the bork cut of the Dawn of the Seven. Yeah, or Dawn 07. The movie. Um, it was really funny, too, because when they were promoting season three, they had a tweet out that was like, uh, you know, don't miss the premiere of the Bork cut. And fucking Zack Snyder went and retweeted it and was like, or quote tweeted it and was like, congratulations on, on your on the Bork cut. Like, he was, he was kind of in on the joke. And I'm like, motherfucker, they make fun of you. They're making fun of you. <laughs> well, Zack Snyder doesn't get fucking settled in your context. That's fair. That's totally fair. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything noteworthy that happened in the episode. Uh, um, uh, oh, that was that was a big thing was um, Storm uh, Stormfront did not die. Uh, she's just horribly disfigured and is... Uh, Missing lower parts of both of her legs missing her right hand uh, you know, part of her forearm. Which I guess deactivates her powers. But she's still a Nazi. (laughs) Yep. Missing an eye. Um, Oh, I had a good, by the way, just to, not to go back, but, because I just remember when we were talking about Stormfront, that uh, Charlize Theron was playing Stormfront in the Dawn of Seven movie, a Dawn of the Seven movie. The fake movie, like when she turns around, I was like, Pfft. uh, and then later we also get um, uh, Billy Zane in the show, but I don't remember what role he was supposed to be playing. It was a parody role. Fuck, was it? I don't know. I probably didn't catch it. Hold on, um, I'll type it in, but uh, let's see, Billy Zane in the boys. Oh, that's not what I wanted. There we go. 
Uh, While you're looking that up, one of the things, uh, Huey, uh, he is, he's t- he tells Starlight that, hey, Newman's a soup. And she was talking about someplace called Red River. He's like, we need to investigate it. Find out that it's like an orphanage, but it's an orphanage for soups. Like in a fucking diabolical fucking. Uh, I got it. Sorry. The diabolical, diabolical animated anthology. What we got? He plays Alistair Adana, the guy who had his head popped at the end of season two, who was controlling the church in that in the oh, movie for the deep. That was Billy Zane. Yeah. Anywho, uh, so Huey, he goes posing as a prospective adoptive parent uh, to investigate this Red River orphanage and puts a thumb drive into a PC when nobody's looking and downloads their case files. And lo and behold, uh, Newman was an orphan there who was adopted by Stan Edgar. So the twist that that provides is here is a woman who on the surface of things has a Bureau of Superhero Affairs that she is policing superheroes and taking them down the corrupt ones. Yeah. Uh, and Vault's like, all right, we'll participate with this. But the whole time she's working with Stan Edgar. Right. That's so what I was saying earlier is that, he's, like, he's helping orchestrate who goes down. Yeah. So I was saying earlier is that uh, um, that was the craziest part was that everything that Huey and the boys had been doing for the past year uh, was entirely orchestrated by Vought. Yep. And, um, that's why Huey was like, I'm done. I'm done working for them. Like I got to the scene where he walks into the boys' office and he's like, break my arm. I need to look real. I need to be out of the office for a while. And I need to look real. And she just, and the, and fucking, he's like on three and he goes one, two and Kamiko snaps his arm right <laughs> up arm downward. And yeah. he's like, what the shit? That's so fucking funny. Uh, but, um, but yeah, like it, it's uh, it's 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 interesting because Starlight, M- Mave, the boys, um, a bunch of fucking people want Homelander dead, but now Homelander's more powerful than he's ever been because during his fucking birthday ceremony, he just lays it all out there. He puts all the cards on the table, and his numbers go up. Not with the audience that it should be, but they go up. Yeah. Rural white men, basically the Trump supporters is what the show's saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, his numbers just go off the charts. Like he proved, you know, 20-some percent overnight. Which is the reason, which is the reason he tells Starlight, like, release the tape. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, this, like, this is the worst. But, it, you know, it gets, it, it you know, it, it gets to the point where uh, uh, Butcher goes to, t- he takes the fucking V24 um, and he confronts Gunpowder again after their first encounter. And 
gunpowder goes to shoot him in his chest. They don't. They they just bounce off. Then no, bounce off. They like compress and then fall off of him. Yeah, when he stands up and just kind of opens his shirt up, they fall out off mm-hmm. his skin, and then he just fucking beats the shit. Oh yeah, he beats the ever loving shit out of him. That's how he got the information about um, a woman that's taking care of uh, his 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 son. Yeah, Mallory Grace Mallory. Grace Mallory, yeah, because he's like, Grace Mallory knows about it or whatever, and he was like, oh, motherfucker, and that's when his laser eyes just wow, right through his fucking head, and the car that he's next to. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you take superpowers for the first time, I imagine your body's not going to respond to it as well, and that's kind of what happened to him. Yeah. But when he goes and confronts Mallory, uh, she tells the story about, um, I don't remember what war was it. It was Vietnam. No, it was uh, the Iran. Or no, it was um, oh, shit. But the, anyway, the team payback was deployed by the CIA in the Nicaraguan conflict. During Nicaraguan the, conflict, yeah. Okay. This is around the same time that the whole Iran Contra scandal happened, because she actually alluded to that and mentioned Oliver North and his fuck up selling the arms and all that shit. So yeah, so this was. This would have been around 1985-ish. Uh, remember correctly. Yeah. Because it needs to be at the bare minimum 30 to 40 years in the past for the sake of the plot. Give or take. Uh, but she, yeah, so, so Mallory was there in that conflict and Vought shows up with a bunch of superheroes. Um, one of them named... Um, not the wasp. What the fuck was his name? Um, but he can fly. He can fly. Like he can fly up in there. She's like, you need to get the fuck down here. You're gonna alert our presence to the Swatter. enemy. Swatter. Swatter. Um, and uh, sure enough, he does. And fucking chaos breaks out. We got. We actually get to see a face reveal of Black Noir. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the current Noir. I think it is, and here's why. Because at the end of that scene, you'll see that like giant chunk that's out of his head. Um, mm-hmm. I think Vought was able to put the fear of God into him. And like, if you don't follow our orders, we can actually kill you or something to that effect. Like that 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 has something to do with it. Because if you remember season two, like he has a breakdown in the hallway. He just starts to cry. But uh so I think it has something to do with that. Plus, I think um or a bunch of the other, like, a bunch of those superheroes end up dying. Swatter, mainly. He's fucking blown up by an RPG. Uh, but the whole camp gets wiped out. It's a fucking bloodbath. Yeah, and, and the heroes lost, like, 160 men. Yeah. But the other, the important part is that Soldier Boy disappeared. Yeah, he was taken by the Russians. That's and right. the whole point is, they think it's a super weapon that has killed Soldier Boy, and that's why they were searching these leads. That's right, yeah. Because they want to use the super weapon against Homelander, but whatever they used against Soldier Boy didn't kill him, and they took him captive. Yes, so, so that's that's essentially where we've left off. Yeah, we we have we have Homelander with more power than he's ever had, and it's terrifying. Uh, we have. Um, all the heroes that want to take him out in fear. We have the boys uh, on the track of a super gun to kill him. 
Uh, one of the last things we see Butcher do is tell the boy that, you know, his true intent, his true feelings, which were um, like, I haven't forgiven you for killing my wife. Which yeah. I was like, that's rough to fucking say. Holy yeah. shit. So. We um, also see the return of the deep to the seven. Uh, <laughs> the Timothy. 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 He's praying. <laughs> Oh, so funny, dude. I was not, I could not stop laughing. It was so goddamn funny. Dude. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to ruin that scene. You, you, gotta, you gotta see it for yourself, but it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh but I think that's about it. Yeah. Um very excited to keep like this show is an outstanding, fucking wonderful show. So um, well, let's go ahead and give our final thoughts and a grade on the first three episodes, and then we'll uh, move on to the next thing. You go first. Uh, well, I'm not A+. Plus. Uh, this, I love everything this show does. I love this show so much. Um, it's visceral and glory as fuck. It's violent. It's brutal. And hilarious. It's, and hilarious. But it's also got a compelling story. You know, there's intrigue. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's just a lot going for it, and I love it, and I can't wait for the next episode. But you, uh, yeah, I mirror, I mirror your thoughts entirely. I want to add in there that one of my favorite things about this show is the pitch perfect satire. Like one of my favorite things, one of the funniest things in this in the first three episodes. I don't remember which episode it was. But um, they have to go to Vatland, or at least the French, the uh, um, Frenchman yeah, and uh, French, Frenchy and Frenchy and uh, the female, yeah, Kimiko. I, the, the, she has a name now, but my brain still wants to go to the female because of the comics. Yeah. Um, the female of the species. Uh, they have to go to Vatland, and it's 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 Pride Month at Vatland, or whatever fuck it is. So it's this whole area that has a bunch of rainbow flags everywhere for sale in a, in a very capitalist kiosks and there's like food stalls and everything. Oh my god. LBGT LBGT turkey legs. LGB turkey legs. Yeah. Uh, BLT or BLM BLTs. Yeah. The woke walk. It's so fucking funny because it's perfect. It's exactly the joke that we all make during Pride Month, that all these corporations that don't normally give a fuck about anybody but their money suddenly give a fuck and want to put everything, a rainbow and everything. And it's just, it's always funny. So the fact that they the, did that for this show was, I think, just absolutely oh, brilliant. The, the but, fucking meme that cracks me up is the one of Norman Osborn from the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And he's like, you know, I'm something of a homosexual myself. You know? <laughs> Have you seen that one? No, but that's amazing. Oh, I'll oh. have to send it to you. It's great. That's so good. But yeah, uh, uh, that's 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 what I love about the show is just the satire to everything. Like, I fucking love superheroes. I really, really do. I, I read a fucking Japanese manga, watch the anime. Anything that comes out with Marvel or DC, I'm there for. So when there's a show that riffs on it, I'm, I'm, I'm there thousand percent and that's I, I i want them to bring in the g-men i don't know if they can do it the same way or if it will land as well but there's a whole x-men parody in the comic that they haven't even brought into the show yeah. so well i hope we see them soon but 
Uh, but yeah, I'm um, A plus. Can't wait. Can't wait for more. All right, let's go ahead and move on. We're an hour into this fucking recording. Good gravy. Um, Speaking of more things. Yeah. Uh, Miss Marvel episode one, the premiere of Miss Marvel uh, came out as of recording this. Yeah, this morning. Uh, uh... So uh, I want to bring up something real quick that was a big problem for people. They showed her her powers in the trailer, and people were really concerned that they were changing her powers. No, not really. Uh, yes and no, but no, because there's a part in the show where you get to see her use them like her and big in powers in the comics, but they have to change it because of two reasons. A, there's no such thing as inhumans or terrigen, terrigen gas in the, terrigen mist. in the MCU mist, sorry, gas. Mist, I mean, whatever. the terrigen mist was mentioned in Dr. Strange from a different universe, but from a different universe. Exactly. Um, so know if it exists, but to get around that and to make something cooler, because I, as I, I love Miss Marvel in the comics, I love Kamala Khan, um, because she's a fan, she's a huge fan of superheroes, and I thought that was a very cool idea for a superhero themselves. But, uh, getting her powers from her Pakistani heritage, way cooler, way fucking cooler. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, for a lot of reasons, that's cooler. But um, that, to me, was was a major like breath of fresh air, if you will. I was like, I was like, oh, that's that's fucking neat because the show focuses pretty heavily on her heritage, very very heavily on both her Muslim heritage and her Pakistani heritage. Yeah, and you know that's going to piss off a lot of white people. Don't care. Don't want you here. White people, they're going to be so angry, Greg, because oh, look, more woke Disney. Oh, oh, fuck them. Who cares? I found this to be delightful and colorful and amusing. And I love the background shots of like when they're riding through the city and they're describing things, and you can see that animation on the side of the animation. I was getting ready to bring that up because you know what that reminded Misty and I of? Did you ever watch the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies? No, 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 no. Because okay, well, not as dramatic and beautiful art style, of course, but anytime he would be telling a story or talking about something or describing something, you would get the uh, little animations in the background of it happening right next to it. So that was a you very know, cool effect. You know what it kind of reminded me of a little bit? The Scott Pilgrim movie. Yes, yes, that too. Very Scott Pilgrim feel. But I love that because that's that's Kamala's personality. She is a fangirl. There's no other way to put that. She's a young fangirl who loves superheroes. Uh, that is showcased in the very first fucking thing you see in the show. Um, and what's great, the actress that's playing her, she's 100% essentially was she, she's yeah, Iman Vellani is 100% Kamala Khan. Like, it's it's hilarious. Like, if I've watched her in a bunch of interviews, and she is a massive fucking superhero fangirl. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, fun little tidbit before Multiverse of Madness came out. She was worried that Kevin Feige, who she had overheard in, in, in a conversation, changing the MCU to be the 616. She vehemently texted him over and over saying, don't do that. Do not change that to be the 616. That is the comic continuity. 
why are you changing it? His response was, because I can, smiley face. And she goes, I don't care if you can, don't do it. She goes and sees the movie and sees that they kind of did that. And she immediately messages about the movie and she goes, why? Why did you do that? Now it's going to get confusing when we're talking about the comic 616 or now the MCU in 616. And he's like, he just sent back laughter. That's awesome. Yeah, so fucking put comic book fans in your goddamn shows. They'll be good. <laughs> DC, learn. Um, they won't. They won't. DC won't learn. No. Or Sony for that matter. But, uh, uh, that's where Kevin Feige nails it. Is he makes he, like the fucking people making this pro making the product are, are fans of the comic. Anyway, ugh, um, uh, but like you said, the whole show is delightful. Like it's it's very lighthearted, but it has a serious tone because it's a sixteen yeah. year old girl in, in a coming of age story. She she her parents and her don't see eye to eye at all, and her parents, especially her mother. Very, very strict, very religious, very traditional. Yes, very much so. And, and it, anything outside of the norm is just an atrocity. Yeah. Uh, so they butt heads throughout the entire episode, and all Kamala wants to do is go to Avengers Con, or Venture Con, which is a convention celebrating the Avengers in Jersey City the first of its kind it's historic <laughs> she makes that very clear um one of the things i'll say about the writing though that i thought was really clever was there are a lot of times as an adult as a 39 year old man where i went you should argue this way you should say this and that might change your parents opinion but she's arguing like a fucking 16 year old and i was like that's really clever writing that's really clever writing like well done like she's not saying the right things because she doesn't know to say those things yeah. All she knows is that she wants to go there and win the costume contest for Caps for dressing up like Captain Marvel. Um, but with the pushback from her parents, she sneaks out with her best friend. I can't remember his name. Bruno Carilli. Bruno, that's right. Um, Who and happens to be a little technological wizard, which I think will come into play later. Because uh, I mean, it's already been a pretty astounding thing in the first episode so there's that but yeah yeah uh but yeah they sneak out they go to the avengers con and uh before she leaves though she's trying to find that flair for her costume so she grabs a bangle um a uh, pakistani bangle uh that was in like a box that her mom brought in from her grandma's house and uh she slaps that fucker on and immediately has a brief transcendent moment I would like to go back and watch that part and pause on the part that she's in like this other plane of existence. Yeah. I want to see what the fuck that was. Yeah. But whatever that was gives her her now cosmic powers. Yeah, I didn't have the time to take a closer look myself. Yeah. It looked eerie. I can tell you that. It was just like a bunch of, it looked like a bunch of shadow figures with their eyes glowing. I was like, uh. Um, but yeah, she, she, uh, she starts like she feels the power immediately and then starts kind of using it while she's on stage. Um, but she she uses it too much and knocks an Ant-Man head off like this, this big Ant-Man head that was apparently made of uh, in, in immovable shit because it just rolled through the entire convention center unfazed. Yeah, you would think something like that would be made of paper mache. <laughs> 
I thought it hit the ground and break, but it just rolled forever. Yeah, it just rolled through fucking kiosks and everything. Um, and it then caused a cable that was suspending Thor's hammer Mjolnir in place in the air. And that began to swing around. Yeah. Uh, Hitting her bull. Uh, I wouldn't say bully, but definitely no. like popular girl. The popular girl at school who turns out to be a secret geek. Um, That's always the case. No, oh yeah, yeah. The, that was that was funny. Uh, but she uses her. Uh, what's her powers called? She calls them her Embiggen powers. Like she'll just she'll say Embiggen when she uses them from time to time. But her powers are essentially instead the same of as Doctor Strange. Large, instead of enlarge, she says Embiggen. Embiggen. E-M-B-I-G-G-E-N. Okay. At least that's how it's written in the comic. Okay. And yeah, her, powers, see her powers work out? Uh, they're, they're very similar to Doctor Strange. Oh, not Doctor Strange. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Mr. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. She, has the, she just has stretchy powers. She uses yeah. them a little bit differently. Like I said, she'll just make her fists or feet gigantic. Um, but she she just essentially can stretch her body. That's simple simple and plain of it like if you played the the recent adventures game you see it in really well animated format um but uh but you kind of see it in the shot like yeah she goes to catch her the the popular girl and the way that it came out the same animated style where her hand got big that's yeah. what her big powers look like in the comic it's just her skin <laughs> yeah now, i thought it was a very cool effect and i knew that she had I didn't know what her powers were called because I've not read a lot of her stuff. Um, but I knew the extent of what they're supposed to be able to do. And I was like, how are they going to pull this off? And they did it. Yeah. Um, quite well. I agree. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. I think that it, I was very excited to see that. I, like I said, I was, I was very curious how they were going to change her powers because of the context. And I'm happy with it. Really, really happy with it. So, but uh, yeah, she has a heart to heart with her mom because she comes home like three hours later than she was supposed to, and uh, her mom's just very disappointed in her. And as a sixteen-year-old, she wasn't saying what I thought she should be saying in that moment because she's a sixteen-year-old, straight up. So, but she lays in bed and she looks at her powers and she just says, "Cosmic." And then it ends. I was like, yay, more. But doesn't end. Did you watch through the credits? I did. I did. Uh, Fig. That was Figaro from Orange is the New Black. Remember that? That's where I fucking recognized her. I was like, where the fuck do I know her from? Yeah, well, all right. That makes sense. But the guy that she talks to is the um, damage control agent that was in No Way Home. It was interesting. Yeah, so damage control is going to bring in Kamala Khan. Or at least that's the assumption. Yeah, because he says to her, bring her in. Yep. Or she says to him, bring her in. I can't remember who said what. Yeah, whatever. There was a phone, there was a video over at the con. They're like, you seen this? I'll bring her in. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, So... Because they had like a meter, like some kind of reading on the device. And I think it reads cosmic rays. 
cosmic energy? I don't know. Because I know that her powers are cosmic in the show because later they're going to be interacting with the Marvels, which will have, um, uh, not Maria Rambo. Was it Maria? Monica, thank you. Monica Rambo, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel. Of course, Nick, Nick Fury is going to be in the show too, but... Um, but we know that that's her destination after the show. So, uh, I don't know that that meter read. So I'm assuming cosmic energy, cosmic energy is what it reads, but we'll find out as we continue to watch the show. Uh, so final thoughts, grade, I'm going to give it a solid a, um, uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's got a, it's got its own personality, but it's connected really strongly with the core of, of what makes MCU fun. So, um, yeah, really fucking enjoying it. I think that the girl who plays Kamala Khan is perfect. I, I like, sometimes they don't quite nail the casting for some of these roles. This might be one of the most perfect castings they've ever had straight up. So I'm very happy. Like I said to a lot of people, her core personality is her heritage and and of course being muslim in that heritage her absolute fucking love of superheroes those are the two important things to her character and they How, absolutely fucking nailed it nailed it hard so i'm very happy uh your thoughts all right i also give it a solid a uh, not having as much knowledge about her, her character in the comics um I still have enough to know what was important about her. And I just thought they did a spectacular job. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, did you notice during the convention, there were a lot of little Easter eggs to certain things. Like there was a fan drawing of Captain America and he had a really um, focused rear end. Like yes, yes, I did. Yeah, that uh, uh, was funny as hell. So I'm sure there's a ton of to the movies. I'm sure there's a ton. Yeah, a ton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were a lot of little nods to things, you know, to tie it all together, to tie it in, the references. I love that Scott Lang has a podcast talking about everything. Yeah, but the heart and soul of the show is, you know, her relationship with her family, and we got to see that showcase. She got some nice one-on-one movies moments with both her mother her father and her brother yeah uh, we get to see that dynamic from each perspective how she gets along with each one and then of course the dynamic of her best friend who is obviously in fucking love with her um, yeah i think yeah. she likes him too in that way because there's that moment on the roof where i thought they were yeah. going to but they don't yeah definitely but yeah it, Really enjoying it. Looking forward to more. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, give it yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the third op. The, the third thing we're reviewing. Uh, South Park made a contact. I made a uh, uh, signed a contract with Paramount for twenty three specials. I think is what it was. Um, they've already done three, so this would be their fourth special with Paramount. Um, but what they're doing is they're they're making sure that the specials tie into the seasons that are going to be on Comedy Central, then later HBO Max. 
Um, Which I was not aware of because the last thing we watched, last time we watched South Park for the show, it was the COVID pandemic. Uh, yeah. The two-part future thing. And that was the last thing we watched. So when we watched this, I immediately messaged you and I was like, dude, was there another special that I missed? Like maybe all of season 25, which happens to be six episodes on HBO Max. Which is kind of nice that the seasons are shorter, especially if they're doing that many specials. Yeah. But um but yeah, season 25, only six episodes. It was it was basically chronalizing the best way I can put it is uh uh Cartman ends up living in a fucking old um hot dog stand. Because he fucks over his mom and getting a keeping a job, uh, because because the cost of living is skyrocketing everywhere. Uh, because it, they're talking about how people are moving from the city and driving up the rent. Yeah, you know, basically gentrification is happening. Yeah, they couldn't afford their home anymore. She tried to take a job. He's like, "But I'm your job." She's like, well, this is a job just for a few days a week. We'll be alone for a few hours at a time. But no, I'm your job. And as the repercussions from that, they lose their home and they are forced to move into a hot dog stand. And Cartman is super depressed that he lives in a hot dog. Um, to the to to basically essentially. Uh, he comes up with a plan to stop living in the hot dog, which is hilarious. But leading up to that, uh, Denver is experiencing a large drought uh, caused by man bear pig, apparently. And it's resulting in all the streams and the rivers that are drying up. I saw a few people confused about why it's man bear pig. And I'm like, man bear pig has been their allegory for climate change since 2006. Yeah. That hasn't changed. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but yeah, the, basically, Denver is putting water restrictions on people uh, because of the water shortage, <clears throat> including the water park owner, PP. Um, they, they said that the uh, farms to the north have to have more water because of the agriculture. And so the people were like, hey, we want in on some of that water. Which leads a commissioner to go and visit the farms, uh, the wheat farms, owned by Randy Karen Marsh and uh, Token's parents. Um, because they bought a farm right across from Randy's. And they're talking about selling their water rights or their streaming rights. And it is hilarious. Yeah. How this worked out into, oh, don't sign exclusive contracts. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It's so funny. because it, Yeah, because it immediately became clear that the boys building the boats for them was the content creators for the streaming sites. Yeah, like that was yeah, that was that's where that allegory was coming in, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is this is really smart. And then they had a moment where the rich guy says to the water commissioner, like, "I'm hoping to become the Amazon River." River. 
stuff like that's it's i love when they do satire that's so like just on the nose like that because it (laughs) it's just way funnier in that fashion but uh because the the allegory is obvious, the the satire is obvious at that point, right? So why not just have a joke like that? And I'm like, that's that's I love that shit. But so yeah, the super rich guy who's you know a lot of people are from the city are moving up there, and the super rich guy buys property up there and starts building a house right across from Cartman and his mom's hot dog stand. So Cartman's like, he gets a sweet house. I live in a hot dog hut. He's got a lot of money. My mom's single. So Cartman's reasoning is, I've got a plan for us, Mom, how to get us out of here, and we'll never, you'll never have to work again. And you can take care of us. And she's like, what's that? He's like, old, old rich white men like fake boobs. He's like, you need to get fake tits, Mom. <laughs> she's like, I wouldn't even want to. And you know, we couldn't even afford it if I wanted to. It costs like $10,000. So he wants to raise $10,000 so he can get his mom breast implants. And part of the fallout from him fucking her over in season 25 was she refuses to give into his demands anymore, which has been a thing that she has done for the first 24 seasons of the show, always giving into his demands. Um, And she's like, no, I'm not getting it done. And he tells his friends, you know, he's, he's like, you guys know how to make money? And they've got this money-making scheme where they're building the boats for the farmers uh, so they can float the boats down to prove that their water flows into Denver so they can sell their streaming, their water outs for streaming. Um, they're making money hand over fist. And they're like, no, no, we don't have know how to make any money. And uh, he's like, oh, okay, it's just... My mom needs surgery. It's going to cost $10,000 for the surgery. He doesn't tell them what procedure or anything. And all right. of a sudden, they're all just like, oh, dude, you know what? You can help us. We'll cut you in on the profits. And they just start making more and more boats and taking on more and more uh, jobs for the farmers, the various various farmers in the area. And that's when that Cussler guy who Cartman, Cartman wants his mom to get with um says i want you to work for me and only me i'll give you fifteen thousand dollars for ten thousand boats and i need them in three days so here are the kids you know it's uh kenny and stan and kyle and cartman and butters and tolkien and uh was there anybody else involved or was it just the six of them there's just six of them okay i thought so they're just making these little popsicle stick boats with little paper umbrella sails. Uh, it was it was funny because Butters is you know he's on popsicle duty, uh, <laughs> which so was funny. hilarious. But yeah, they raised the money, and Cartman takes his mom to the uh, doctor's office. Says, "Surprise, mom! I, I did this for you," and. You know, he's already paid for the procedure, and she's like, I'm not getting a boob job. I told you no. He's like, but, Mom, you have to. And she's like, no, I don't. End of story. He's like, fine, Mom, if you don't do it, I will. She's like, okay, that's your choice. He's like, I'll really do it. Okay, I'm happy for you. I'm going to go do it now. Um, That 
fucking crack me up so hard. <laughs> Especially when he went through with it. Yeah. And he shows up at school with <laughs> ginormous breast implants. He just tries to keep it normal, too. And he's like, all right, so I guess we can't all be chill. We're going to have to talk about this. I'm like, we're going to have to talk about the elephants, plural, in the room. Oh, God. Oh, and you know that he's going to be stuck with them. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty confident we're getting at least two more specials before season 26. So oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I don't. The story isn't quite over, but like, that was the thing about this episode that I thought was so clever was the the absolute satire towards making fun of streaming services, but also the the underlining satire of um, climate change. You know mm-hmm. that that people are so focused on one thing that they don't notice the other problem. They're so focused on getting that stream that they're not focused on, you know, man, bear pig killing things and people. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think a lot of that, I think that went over a lot of people's heads. But I was like, eh, that's South park for you. People get the, the surface joke, but not the underlining joke. Exactly. Um, but it was so fucking, it was so funny. The other thing I like about these specials is that they're able to get away with quite a bit more than, because it doesn't air directly on Comedy Central first. Exactly. Um, so, get, like, I don't think Cartman will have breast implants by season 26. I think they're going to figure out to get rid of them. But... Probably not, but it's fucking funny as hell right now. They're huge, too, which is even funnier. Like, he planned on getting his mom some massive ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, like fucking love south park so much it's just there's so much to enjoy about it and it's, it's it's always fucking funny but um yeah like like south park for a hot minute now has been like for a few seasons and including these specials has been a straight through storyline and uh i fucking love it but that's you know that's going to be important for the next special you have to you have to watch all of the pandemic special, and then of course season, um, season twenty five, and and so on and so forth. But that's you know it's not that much content. And it's fucking great. But why don't we go ahead and wrap this one up because we got still Kenobi to talk about, and then we got to wrap it up, and we're approaching we're at an hour thirty. So. Um, yeah, go ahead and give your grade first, since uh, I, I give I give it a solid A. Um, you know, I went back after I watched the special and watched all six episodes of season 25, which took, a, you know, close to two hours, a little over two hours to do. Yeah, I was like, each um, episode's like 22 minutes long, so. Yeah, yeah. So three episodes an hour. You know, I, did, I watched two, then I took a break, watched two, took a break, watched the other two. Yeah. Um. It's it's solid. It's hilarious. I love I love what they're doing with the show because what uh, a lot of what they did with the show for years and years was funny, but they've just gone completely in a whole new direction, and it's great. It's refreshing. I think it's also a, a set of challenge because every episode of South Park before them doing this continued storyline every episode was its own thing unless they did a two-parter 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it never, like, they never really addressed what happened in the previous episode because that wasn't the point of the show. Uh, yeah. So I think, to a, in a way, for the past like four or five seasons, having a straight through storyline on the season itself, while also having ever every episode be a satire on something modern, is a way to challenge themselves, and I fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. By doing so, they kept it. You know, they really managed to keep it relative. Um, managed to keep it fresh out of the eighties. And it's still highly enjoyable. I laugh just as much, if not more, as I did when this show first premiered in the fucking 90s when I started watching yeah. it. Yeah. But um, I'm going to mirror what you said. I give it an A. Uh, it was it was genuinely really funny. I, I There was a couple moments. I watched it by myself because my parents don't really like South Park um, for some weird-ass reason. Uh, and fucking had a great time. I laughed quite a bit, so... Uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't have anything to add. Just you know, watch yourself some South Park. It's fucking fantastic. All right, so the last thing we got on the table is Obi Wan Kenobi episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, last we saw our characters, Obi Wan was severely burned because of what Vader did to him on that mining planet, and um, uh, Reva had taken Leia, had captured her. That was the last thing we saw. Uh, this opens up with Obi-Wan being taken to a back to tank. Yeah. And uh, being healed. But then, like, trying to convince the other rebels around them that they need to help him get Leia back. Uh, and the only place that they would know that she is is on the um, Inquisitor... The Inquisitor Stronghold. Stronghold, yeah. There's a name for it. Yeah. But it was on a moon. The moon was a water planet. And it's in the Mustafar system. Yeah. Which is, if you you know anything of the Star Wars lore, that's where Vader's castle is. And, um, but the other thing was that when they were describing this moon and that it's the Inquisitor stronghold, like the base of operations, I immediately went to, hey, I know how to get into that place. <laughs> I've, I've done it in a video game. <laughs> yep. And I, I just said that to my dad. I go, I go, I know how to get in there. You have to go through the, you have to go underwater and through uh, a ventilation system in the, in, uh, underneath the place. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, watch, they're going to do it. And sure fucking enough, they like, you see... Obi-Wan going underwater. And I was like, oh, damn. My dad was like, how'd you know? And I'm like, there's a whole video game that's full-on canon where that's literally how you have to get in in the, in the final parts of the game. Uh, that being said, um, being inside that place and, and him kind of going through there, Obi-Wan going through that place reminded me very much of them going through the Death Star. Yeah, and who hope? I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's neat. But on the other side, Reva is interrogating a ten-year-old, uh, yeah. and this ten-year-old has the will of fucking twenty men. It's amazing. Oh, uh, absolutely! I loved every shot, every single scene that we see Reva and Leia interacting with one another. I was He's glued. Reva, by the way. Reva, is it Reva? 
I would say Roma. Um, fucking glued to the screen. Like, this little girl can act her ass off, which is amazing. But also, uh, the actress, I can't, I can't, uh, you know me in names. Um, Moses Ingram, or plays Reba. Moses Ingram, thank you. Dude, killer, killer. I, I'm going to say this out loud because I thought it. I don't know why this show is called Obi-Wan Kenobi when it should just be called Inquisitor Reba. Because <laughs> I don't, don't get me wrong. I like Obi-Wan. I like Ian McGregor's Obi-Wan. It's fantastic. It's great. There's a lot of good moments in the show so far with her or with him and, and Leia. This show is more entertaining when it focuses on Reva. Sorry, Reva. I absolutely want to know more about her character. I want to know more about her. She is a fucking fantastic folly to Obi-Wan in the show. And I, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, she plays her part so so well. Little girl playing Leia does a stellar job. Um, but yeah, uh, we we ended up getting some more Vader screen time, which I loved. Yeah, and I'm always down for more scary Vader. Yeah, he's definitely in scary mode again, and that was awesome. So cool. I'm always. I don't want to spoil what happens in the episode because it was only about 32, 33 minutes when that's without the credits. There wasn't a lot. I mean, there was a lot that happened, but there's not a lot that happened in it. You can't say without spoiling it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a moment in this show or this episode that I think I said out loud. I just went, "Oh my god," because they showed something that they've that they've never shown before in any of the games or clone wars or anything and i was like i like i shocked genuine shock i don't know What's if you know what it's inside the inquisitor stronghold specifically oh, with obi-wan the the chamber that he enters and he's horrified about what he sees uh-huh yep that was awesome it was awesome and terrifying and i was like that's all right <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this episode is so far a highlight of the entire show for me. Um, like the whole episode was just fucking so good. Oh, I I loved I oh, it's so it's like like the show wasn't like it was good it was fun it was entertaining but it was taking its time to get to this point and I was like this is amazing like every aspect of the show like even the part where he's in the back to tank and and you and he keeps fly, like he's flashing back and forth to him and Vader yeah and they have this like connection obviously so when they're both healing or they're both in their back to tanks they're having these visions of each other and and it's just oh it's so oh, I love it I love it so much I love you he's like I am what you made me <laughs> <laughs> such a great line I love that. yeah I keep it's saying like like, because uh, my buddy and I have said numerous times that Star Wars will be better if they can get away from the Skywalker saga. But I also feel like that you can tell stories within the Skywalker saga that aren't necessarily about a Skywalker that can be really fucking done, well done. This is a perfect case. I think that Deborah Chow has a hard time doing action sequences. Yeah. Um, but this episode kind of showed that she it, she might actually be good at it. If she, you know, it's, does it a different chase, way. 
chase sequences specifically that she struggles yeah. with. <laughs> it is chase sequences specifically. Um, I, 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 one thing I really love is how in the original trailers that we saw for the show, you get the idea that, okay, it's focusing on him on Ted Wayne. He's watching over Luke and you thought young Luke was going to be the focus of the show and him training, you know, wanting to train what have you. And it's been just fake out, deep fake, you know, it's been all about Leia all along. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I'm very happy with that too. Yeah. Um, there's a line where she's like, I'm, I'm a princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. My, you know, my dad, Bail Organa, like we, we're, you know, we're not a we're supposed to be on the same side. Yeah, and I was like, oh, "You've got no rights here, princess." <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I, I can't gush enough about this show. Like they they've done a an absolute fantastic job at making me like want to give a fuck about this era of Star Wars. And so, like, and and I again, I can't stress this. Like, watching the show and focusing on Obi Wan and, and Leia is is fine. But it's honestly not what makes me enjoy the show because the stakes for those two aren't nearly as high as they think it is. We know their mm -hmm. fates, both of them. We've already seen it. But when it comes to Reva or or the other Inquisitors, we don't know. So that has me way more intrigued. Plus there's that yeah. mystery of who Reva is. Was she an apprentice of somebody? Why is she so focused on Obi-Wan? Like there's a lot there, and that we need to know. We only have two episodes left. Yep. So, and this is and that's the thing. This is a limited series, so it's not getting another season, as far as we know. Right. They've always referred to it as a limited series. Yeah. Exactly. So, but uh, fucking a plus this episode, straight up. I loved every second of it. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like, I know that you know we, we don't normally do that, but I'm gonna say it right off the bat. Like, a plus episode four of Obi Wan Kenobi, so good, so good. And I've already gushed about what I enjoyed about it, so I don't think I need to re rehash it. But go ahead with your well, final thoughts. Well, I'm gonna give it an A. Uh, the only thing that I didn't care for was like at the end of episode two, um, you see basically. Reva standing watching a ship escape and she's got her lightsaber ignited and she's just helplessly watching it escape and that happened again. It's kind of a recurring thing for her. Uh, it's like, yeah, you know, we were written it a little differently, but the fact that Vader was about to make do on his threat to her and then she's like, but you can't kill me because I've done this. Uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be vague. I'm gonna be vague about that. Yeah, I could not figure out how she did it. Really, I could not figure it out. And then the I immediately shot, knew. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch it. It was not until the final shot, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But. It's like I underestimated your inventiveness or something like that. I'm I'm really loving it. Uh, can't wait. You know, looking forward to next week. Yeah, we got Jesus Christ. Wow. Three, three, three shows that we're currently watching that are stellar. It's just yeah, it's wild. But uh, and that's what we're watching next week. Uh, the fourth yeah. episode of The Boys, the second episode of Ms. Marvel, and the fifth uh, episode of Obi Wan. And that's yep. it. 
So hopefully, you know, it'll be a little less, a little more condensed and not as lengthy. Yeah, yeah. This uh, yeah, next episode will be fucking two hours long. But, um, what we did actually follow through on something. Uh, we said that if we add something, we'll let you know on social media. And I actually posted it. Holy shit! And if you want to know about uh, that, you can follow us on all socials under um, which I have all links below. I was gonna say the the like everyone's different though. Each one is different. But yeah, all the socials are listed below. Um. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's how I'm going to tell that one. Uh, check out the Teespring store. If you'd like some merch, like a t-shirt, a pint glass, a coffee mug, or just a sticker, just know that all, everything you buy from the Teespring store goes right into this podcast to help fund it. Um, uh, go ahead and, uh, uh follow us on YouTube. That's where you'll be able to watch the live broadcast of this stream of this, sorry, live broadcast of this podcast. I don't know why that sounded weird saying that out loud, but it did. Um, also, my my solo reviews, which are going to be, like, I'm not going to be able to make them as often, but there's a few on there you could check out. Um, uh, also, uh, uh, but give that a follow and a like and subscribe and all that jazz because it helps us out. Uh, also, if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, more geeky podcasts, or just anything in general to, to, to make your commute a lot better, um, or your workday, whatever you want, go check out the Nerdvana Network. No, it's a Nerdvana network. I should probably say that a little bit clearer. Um, a ton of shows over there with great people who love having geeky conversations. People like us. Uh, that link is also below. Uh, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Don Fisher. It's a public profile, so it's also linked to my Twitter and Instagram handles. So if you want to follow me on either of those platforms, that's a one-stop shop to do everything you can to, uh, to do so. You can also catch me on uh, another podcast called Figure Bangin'. It airs every other Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Uh, this past week, we took a look at, not this week, but last week, we took a look at the uh, one-to-one prop or replica uh, neutrino wand from Ghostbusters. Uh, Egon specifically from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, checked it out with details and electronic features and everything, and it was really cool. Uh, if it's kind of your thing, you're into stuff like that, and it's usually Transformers related, uh, check it out. But that's everywhere where I am. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? You can find me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. I don't post as often as I used to, but I do from time to time. I'm mostly active on Twitter. I like to record game clips and post them if something funny happened. Uh, and like I said earlier, you can check out my solar reviews on our YouTube channel, which are going to not be as often. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to have more time in the day. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week won't be two hours long, so that'll be good, but Still a lot of good content to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, fuck the GOP. Fuck the NRA. Donate where you can. Help where you can. Love one another. We'll see you next time. Happy Friday, everybody. Take care.